listening to the 90 plus extra time podcast i hope you guys had a great weekend um hopefully i know at least in some places things are kind of going back to normal um i know today my wife had to work today in germany um things really haven't seemed to change too much here in texas but uh i don't know Maybe they're going to start relaxing things next week. I've been teleworking now for a little over a month and hopefully, um, you know, be going back to work uh, in the next couple of weeks. You know, I mean, they still have to, we'll probably have to like stagger people so that, um, you know, we don't have everybody in the office at the same time. But, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. I'm looking forward to uh, to getting back to work. I'm, I know I've said it many times, but I'm not enjoying this whole telework thing. So... Um, once again, you know, same situation as like the last four or five weeks. Uh, I can't say there's no soccer going on, no football, but, uh, cause there, there is, you know, the Belarusian league is still playing. Um, you know, but for the big leagues, uh, the top five in Europe, obviously here in the U S and in Mexico, um, there's, there's nothing going on. Same thing, South America. Um, but you know, there still is some news because, you know, for most of these European leagues, they're trying to figure out, uh, or at least the leagues that started, you know, at the end of last summer that usually run till, you know, May, trying to figure out how they're going to complete their seasons. And, you know, because there's a lot of money involved with it and, uh, you know, contracts, TV rights and all that, um, you know, and even just paying the players and season ticket holders, stuff like that. Um, there's still always a lot of news going on. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how the, the Belgian Pro League... Actually, I think that was about a month ago now, actually. The uh, the Belgian Pro League, they decided to cancel their the rest of their season. And Club Brugge was... Uh, they were declared champions. And, you know, we've been kind of waiting to see what's going to happen, how the rest of the leagues are going to fall in line, especially based off of what UEFA is saying, that they want the, 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 the leagues to finish their seasons. Uh, they don't want them just canceling them. Um, but... This past weekend, the uh, Eredivisie in the Netherlands, they finally made their decision on how they're going to move forward with their season, um, which they basically aren't. Um, they are going to essentially cancel the entire season. Um, there's going to be no relegation, no promotion, and no champion decided. Um, that's just the way that they you know, decided to move forward. Um, the, the, the league at the top, I guess, was a little close. So, you know, there's argument that uh, AZ kind of got screwed a little by this decision. But uh, I still think they should have probably um, crowned a champion at least. Um, we'll see how it goes with the awarding of the, the European slots for the Champions League and Europa League. Um, but it was all the, all the teams in the first and the second division of uh, Dutch football that decided this. So it's not like it was, you know, just the league commissioner or something like that making this decision. Um, it does kind of suck for the teams in the second division that, you know, were fighting for promotion. Um, but also at the same time, those teams that were fighting relegation in the top division, um, you know, they, they're they going to survive for another year. And basically, I, I still have to see what they're going to do with, like, um, goal scored, assists, and clean sheets. Are those stats going to carry over? Is it, are they just null and voiding the season completely? Um, that's some of the things that they still have to, to iron out. Um, but yeah, 
Um, and again, we'll see how, how UEFA does with this. But yeah, the Eredivisie is not going to even attempt to uh, restart the rest of their season. Uh, let's see, Serie A, they are planning on um, starting up training uh, at the beginning of, of May, which, you know, is basically at the end of this week. Um, it's going to be individual training at first, and then they're hoping that by the 18th or 19th of May that they can, uh, you know, start group training for the clubs. Um, but the the Italian Minister for Sport has said that there's no guarantees that uh, Serie A will even return. So I think, you know, we're all kind of being a little optimistic on, uh, you know, some of these leagues coming back. Um, and even if they do come back, you know, there's still always the possibility that, uh, that something crazy will happen. You know, there could be a, a second wave, you know, especially like in a place like Italy where, you know, so many people were infected, so many people died. Um, and, you know, while people don't mind watching games at home, because, you know, even if like Syria does uh, restart, they're not going to allow fans in the stadium to in the beginning. Um, probably won't happen until I don't know September October if it does happen. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's 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 so like iffy. There's there's no there's no plan. There's no set guarantee that you know the things are going to be the way that anybody's hoping. This is all just optimism. Um, if, if the Italian league is able to come back, especially after how hard the, the country was hit, I mean, that, that would be amazing. Um, I, I just, I'm, I'm having a hard time seeing it. I don't know. Um, but they are planning on starting training, I think, next Monday, actually, which is the fourth, right? Yeah. So next Monday, they're planning on, you know, the players doing individual training in Italy. Um, so we'll, you know, keep a, keep a close eye on that and uh, see how that goes. Now, up in Germany, it's a little bit of a different story. Um, Germany has basically opened, like I mentioned earlier, my wife went back to work today. Um, you know, I don't know about some of the other teams, but Stuttgart was definitely, or they've been conducting training, um, for about a week, week and a half now. And, uh, you know, Germany wasn't as affected as some of these other European countries with the amount of deaths and the amount of, um, positive, you know, tests that, that they had. Um, but the CEO for Dortmund, um, Hans-Jochem Wetzke, I think is how you say his name, uh, he says that if the Bundesliga doesn't start up, that we're going to start to see teams folding, um, which I know, yes, the virus is um, definitely the primary concern, keeping people safe, but, you know, people are going back to work, and aside from the players and the executives, there are, you know, regular people that have uh, jobs within these clubs um, that are dependent on that. And, uh, you know, it, it's one thing for the, the teams to not be making revenue off of, you know, ticket sales or uh, merchandise, which I think merchandise probably is still the same. Um, it might be a little bit less because there aren't as many games. But, uh, you know, there's just, you know, regular people that handle the grounds or, you know, that issue tickets or work in the fan shops and stuff like that, that they're dependent on, you know, everything coming back. And, uh, if the teams were to go under, it's, it would be devastating. I mean, in Germany, yeah, it would, it would be completely devastating. However, I still, I think that Germany, um, they're going to bring the leagues back. I don't know when, maybe by the end of May, maybe by mid-May, who knows? Um, obviously it'll be behind closed doors. 
um, absolutely no fans. Um, I think we'll we'll just have to wait and see. But the last thing that anybody wants is for any of these teams to uh, to go under because there's essentially no coming back from that. Plus, we don't know exactly how many teams it would affect. Um, and you know, there's teams in the first in the Bundesliga and in the second Bundesliga that it's obviously going to affect, especially a lot of the, the really really small clubs. Um, just got to keep an eye on that. I mean, and I'm sure that same thing is affecting teams all over Europe. And I'm sure there's some teams, especially in the lower divisions, the second and third, that are barely, barely hanging on. Um, one thing that we may end up seeing as a result of this is after this is over, some of those teams that are just barely hanging on, their owners may not may not want to hold on to the teams. We may see a, a huge shift in, you know, in owners throughout Europe um, after this whole thing is... Uh, said and done or done and dusted so um all right the uh the spanish health minister also said there's no guarantee that la liga will start up um you know before the summer there hasn't been any talk in spain about completely canceling the season yet um or you know just ending it where it is and then awarding you know both champions league and uh and the the league title um i haven't looked at the la liga uh, standings in a while, but I'm pretty sure that the last time I looked, um, Barcelona and Real Madrid were pretty close to each other. Hold on, I'm actually looking that up right now. Um, I haven't really been looking at any of the uh, standings for anything since this whole thing started. Okay, so actually I was wrong. They're close, but Barcelona is actually on top with 58 points and Real Madrid's in second with 56 so if they were to do that, and that's after 27 matches, if they were to do that, Barcelona would be the champions, Sevilla would finish in third, and then Real Sociedad actually would be in fourth. Wow. Um, that's pretty crazy. But like I said, there's been really no talk. Spain really hasn't said too much. Spain and France. Um, but obviously Spain was kind of, you know, in a similar boat to uh, to Italy. They, uh, you know, had a lot of deaths in the country, a lot of positive uh, positive test results um, so yeah so you know we'll have to wait and see um, exactly what what happens with them as well I mean this thing is, is a waiting game I was just talking to a friend of mine um, yesterday and uh, you know this is a this is a football soccer podcast um, but I talked about how you know listening to or watching matches uh, behind closed doors and you know, just hearing the sounds that are made, like you can hear everything in the arena, every single sound echoes off those empty seats, uh, unlike when it's filled with, with fans. And I was talking to him about how, uh, can you imagine American football being played behind closed doors? Because, you know, I do think that, uh, you know, the fans in football matches, I'll say, I'll say soccer for now, soccer matches, um, they do play a part in uh you know in providing the atmosphere for their players but it can seem kind of neutral in american football home field advantage is real um when the opposing team the visiting team has the ball the crowd can be so loud that they can completely disrupt play calling and you know signaling when the ball is going to get snapped um it, it just has a, a huge effect on the game unlike you see in in soccer um, and I just couldn't imagine um, watching an NFL game with no fans in it I mean, because there's, it's the same thing with basketball. 
they're such a huge part of the game um it would it would be i don't know be crazy to see now baseball on the other hand you know a lot of times those stadiums are pretty empty um especially you know if it's during the week or if they have like a monday game or something like that uh in the early afternoon those stadiums are usually pretty empty um but for a, a soccer match it's it's something that you hardly ever see unless a team is being punished or in the case like this with this whole COVID-19 thing um uh, yeah so another thing um in England Arsenal players um they're returning to training today so that's that's a good sign um again the Premier League has been one of those leagues like La Liga who hasn't really said too much um but the British Prime Minister said that uh they're not planning on you know, easing any of the restrictions that are currently in place. Um, so who knows? I mean, the, the players are going back, at least Arsenal. I haven't seen anything for uh, any of the other teams in the Premier League. Um, they're going back. And, you know, we'll see what where that goes. Uh, again, they could play behind closed doors as well. Um, I didn't see exactly how the Arsenal players were going to be playing, or excuse me, training. Um, yeah, I'm assuming it'll be individuals or maybe groups of three um and it's staggering like you know when they're changing in the dressing room and stuff like that like you know basically like the way all these other teams have been doing it um but like i said we'll see because uh premier league is is probably if not probably it i think it is the biggest league definitely the most watched league in the world um and i think a lot of other leagues are kind of waiting to see what the other leagues are going to do obviously the belgians and the dutch they didn't do that they you know did their own thing um, I'm interested to see because, you know, they might as well, in my personal opinion, they should just end the season, crown Liverpool the champions, prepare for next season. Um, the standings, though, you know, Man City's in second there. Um, they're a decent amount of points behind... Uh, I'm looking this up now. They're a decent amount of points behind Liverpool, um, but Man City's not going to get to play in Europe because of the financial fair play violation. Um, if it stands, they don't appeal it and win. But you got Leicester in third, and then Chelsea surprisingly in fourth. Um, and then Man U is in fifth with that uh, that Europa League position. Um, they've played, you know, some teams have played 28, some teams have played 29. But I see no issues in just voiding the rest of the season. Um, I would like to see Arsenal get ahead of Tottenham, but that's probably not going to happen. Um, you know, hopefully, uh, or maybe, you know, like I mentioned before, they could possibly do some type of a playoff system. Uh, I think that would piss off some of the fans, especially if it's behind closed doors. But, you know, Arsenal will be left out, but they could do like a top eight type uh, type playoff, a one-off maybe. I don't know, hosted in London, play all the games at Wembley. Yeah, it's a possibility. Um, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, we're going to have to wait and see. That's all we can do. Uh, let's see what else do I got here. Um, oh, yeah, this is another thing that I found kind of interesting. Um, I saw two different things about the way that it came about, but apparently FIFA is proposing um, five subs per match um, until the end of next season in order to, quote, clear the backlog. I don't know what that means. I guess basically they would have to play more games on a tighter schedule between now and the end of the following season, which doesn't really make sense. Um, but proposing five subs per match, which, you know, I mean, I think that 
well, that's almost half the team, but I think that would be something that, you know, they should probably implement anyway. Um, I think they should probably slowly phase that in, maybe in a year where there isn't like a continental championship or um, a World Cup. Um, but I think that would be, you know, pretty nice. The only problem is like the time wasting. Um, you know, imagine, imagine a team, you know, they're up by a goal. It's like the 89th minute. They still have three subs left. So they just use all of them to try to slow the game down, which, you know, teams do already now with one or two subs remaining um, at the end of a match. Um, but, yeah, that would be pretty interesting to see. And like I said, for national teams, they're talking about doing it from starting now, which nobody's playing, but now until December of 2021. So that's over a year and a half of being able to, to sub uh, five players or have five subs available. Um, and then I guess for the... The leagues it would be until next summer but I guess it depends because like if you look at MLS their season is different it goes from March to November so maybe it would be like that for teams that run from uh, from winter to winter I guess um, but yeah that was something interesting that I saw that I read and uh, I'm sure more and more will come out about that over the next you know couple of days um, but we'll see. Yeah, I thought that was something interesting. This is like the first time that FIFA really has uh, has come out and said anything about the COVID and, you know, the effects that it's having on the game or any kind of, you know, adjustments that they're planning to make or have planned um, to try to combat it or, or help the uh, the federations as we go forward. So, yeah, um, with that, I'm going to take a quick break and I will be right back. So, um, I know I posted it on my Twitter and I think in a couple of other places, I'm not sure, but, uh, last week I had the opportunity to be on the Soccer Stupid podcast hosted by Joel and Louie and, uh, you know, they're gracious enough to, to invite me on and, um, you know, we did a little interview. Um, it was, it was a great episode. I had a lot of fun doing it. So, uh. I'll put the uh, I'll put the link in the show description, but um, you guys definitely have to check out Soccer Stupid, the soccer podcast. It's great. I mean, started from the beginning with episode one. You guys will absolutely love it. Um, you know, those guys are great, and uh, they they absolutely love football, soccer, and uh, you know they just they flow well together. Um, it was actually kind of funny. Like I was recording with them. You know, we did video also this YouTube video. And I found myself a couple of times just like watching them interact because, you know, I'm so used to hearing them um, on the show that I was kind of, you know, getting lost in the fact that I was I was being interviewed, you know, so it was it was pretty cool to, uh, to actually be a part of that. So um, I want to thank them again for for letting me be on the show, uh, but definitely go and check that out. Um, and one of the things that we were talking about, um, and I, I don't know if I've been doing this on, uh, you know, on the podcast, but they were asking me, you know, what I've done during this whole COVID-19 thing, um, you know, to try to, you know, feed my appetite for, for football and, um, been reading some books, you know, some books that I've already read. I've been watching a lot of old matches and talked about that. Um, actually yesterday I found myself again, I played a, uh, simul- I didn't play it, but I watched the simulation on FIFA 20, um, between Liverpool and the French national team. 
and it was pretty good. France ended up winning. It went to extra time. They ended up winning on penalties. I think it was like 4-2, uh, but it was it was pretty good. Um, but some of the other stuff um, that I've been doing is watching, you know, the soccer shows that they have on Amazon Prime. And now I know I talked in the past. There's one on Amazon Prime about Leeds United, um, which is great, and I definitely recommend that. There's another one called All or Nothing um, for Manchester City, where they follow them through an entire season. Uh, it was that record-setting season a couple of a couple of years ago. Um, but just recently, I watched one um, that actually Joao recommended, um, the All or Nothing for the Brazilian national team, um, like in the lead-up and during the uh the 2019 copa america and that was that was great i mean i never really i guess i never paid attention but i didn't know exactly what happened when players went you know to to play for their national teams i knew they got together in like a camp or you know they met up in a certain city but i didn't realize they were doing like additional training and you know just some of the the little behind the scenes stuff that was uh that goes on and um you know just to see the players outside of their their clubs and how they bond and you know, it's just, it was, it was definitely, it was definitely worth watching. I mean, it was, it was really good. The only downside is that you do have to read subtitles because they're speaking Portuguese the whole time, but you know, it, it's, it's definitely worth it. Like that was, that was a really, really, really good, uh, docuseries. It, it was, it was up there with the Manchester city one. I'm pretty sure the same people probably produced it because they're both called all or nothing. Um, but if you get a chance, you should definitely watch that one. I put that one probably up on top of the the Man City one just because they have one sole focus during that the Man City one they're talking about you know cup matches Premier League Champions League FA Cup and uh, it just you know it can be a little confusing but with this one with the Brazil national team it's all about the Copa America so um, I won't spoil it for you I'm sure everybody knows who won the 2019 Copa America but you know definitely go check that out and another one that I just, I literally just finished watching um, before I started recording. It's called American Football. Um, and it's, it follows four guys, um, they, four Americans. They start off in California, and I think it's three months before the 2014 World Cup. So they travel through um, Central and South America before finally ending up in Brazil for the, the 2014 World Cup. And, um, the first match they go to is a match actually in Tijuana in Mexico and they they like walk across the border and uh it was it was pretty legit like I I mean I really liked it um you know they they go through Colombia uh, Costa Rica Mexico obviously uh, Argentina Uruguay Ecuador and uh Brazil and um I want to say they go to Chile too but I'm not I'm not 100% sure but it was it was great um it was a really, really good, uh, really good show. It's only like, it's like, it's like a movie. It's not like a docu series, um, but you know these guys are four Americans, so you know the U.S. didn't do terribly at the 2014 World Cup. Um, but you know they were just going through these different countries and talking about like the history of the game in those countries, how it affects the people, and um, you know just these overall countries' love and passion for the game. So. Um, definitely strongly recommend that one too. It's, it's, it's really good and it's short, you know, it's only, it's like a movie. It's like, it's not like a series. Um, so yeah, American football, um, it's the, basically a journey to the 2014 world cup by this, this group of guys. Um, so in addition to that, 
I want to give you guys some of the books that I've read. Um, I actually came across this one from a, a podcast that I was reading or listening to like a year ago. Um, it's called Zonal Marking by Michael Cox. And he basically breaks down, I think it's six different teams, club and national teams um, from Europe. And essentially like how they've changed the game since I believe like the mid 90s, maybe 98. Um, and it's, it's really good. Like it goes and talks about um, that French team that won the World Cup and the Euros. Um, talk about Germany, England, the Dutch, the French, and I don't remember what the other country is now. Oh, the Spanish League. I think it was, I think it was specifically um, about Real Madrid, um, but I could be wrong. But that's, it's definitely a, a really good book worth checking out. Definitely worth having if you have a, a soccer slash football library. Um, it's definitely a, a, a good book to have. Um, the next one, which I really enjoyed, I just stumbled across this in a bookstore in Germany, and they only had it in German, <laughs> and I wanted it like bad, um, but I ended up being able to find it on Amazon in English that I could get delivered to Germany. But it's called "Do You Speak Football," or in German uh, "Sprichst du Fußball," um, by Tom Williams, and basically it's just a book that goes like country by country. And it gives you like their different sayings for different, you know, soccer terms. Um, you know, like a nutmeg is called something different in basically every country. And it gives you the origin. It, it, it's a really good book. Definitely worth having, especially for like short reference, because it's not a book that you can really read through because it just has definitions, even though it does have some little kind of stories that break down the origin of some of the words. Um, but like I said, it's a good book. And lastly, the most recent one that I've read because um, you know I'm an Arsenal supporter but it's called Invincible Inside Arsenal's Unbeaten 2003-2004 season and it's by Amy Lawrence so it kind of gives you like a like a preview of how that team came to be um, and then it, it takes you through like game by game um, you know what was going on with the team how they were feeling like it's a lot of like backroom stuff that you you know you wouldn't hear about or or have any knowledge of um, how the team was coping with, you know, the pressure of, you know, not being beaten and just how they continued it um, to the end of the season. And, you know, no team has done that in the, in the Premier League. They're, they're still the only ones. Um, not only did they get the Premier League trophy, but um, the FA actually made a smaller all-gold trophy for them because they finished the season unbeaten. So I think they had 12 draws in that season, but uh, no team was able to beat them in the Premier League. Um, yeah, so um, those are some of the things that you know I definitely recommend while you have time to go check those out, and uh, you will you will not be disappointed. I mean, they're in my opinion they're all great. They're definitely good uh, football references, definitely worth having um, in your library. And uh, yeah, don't forget to check out those other two: the All or Nothing Brazil national team and American football. They're both on Amazon Prime. And you'll you'll love them. So especially if you like the Sundal until I die, uh, you'll you'll definitely like that. Especially the the uh, Brazil national team. I'm telling you that one is is really good. Um, yeah. So um, with that, I am going to uh, to end the show. So thank you guys for listening. Like I said, I'll leave um, the the link for uh, the video and the link for the the podcast episode from Soccer Stupid. Uh, so you guys can check that out and uh yeah love to hear from you guys you know continue with your 
your DMs and your emails. And uh, hope you guys have a great week. Stay safe, and I'll talk to you next Monday. And thanks for listening.